1: Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. Glad to have you joining us. This is the show where we do our very best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stalmacher here with Chad Robichaux and uh, really grateful to have you joining us for this conversation. Uh, There is certainly a lot going on in our world today, and as we get closer to the midterms, one of the issues, one of the voting blocks or voting demographics that we're hearing more and more about is what is called, in air quotes, the youth vote. (laughs) The youth demographic, how you define youth, um, 18 to 21 to 24, some would extend it even beyond that. But the demographic of voters who are younger, these are folks who typically are beginning their working life, coming out of college, some still in college, and there is conversation around every election, particularly as we lead into these midterms. And uh, when we get to 2024 election, it's going to be a big conversation again about who gets that vote. Is it left? Is it right? Are these policies that we are talking about, things like abortion, we've talked about that a lot on this program, uh, other progressive policies, immigration, are these issues that younger voters care about? Is this something they don't care about? Do they care at all? And certainly we need to understand this um, very, very fascinating conversation. A lot of research has been done on this, but we have a great guest on today that spends most of his time thinking about young people, not only how they vote, but what they understand about our country, what they understand about God and faith and having a relationship with God, how those two things connect if they do. And uh, really grateful to have him on today. Our guest today is Christian Collins. Our guest today is Christian Collins, he is a consultant, the founder of the Texas Youth Summit, host of the Christian Collins Show, author, so many other things. Christian, thanks for joining us today on the Situation Report, really appreciate it.
2: Jeremy, thank you so much for having me, and great to be with you both, uh, Chad as well.
1: Want to want to start, and uh, I know Chad has some specific questions Um But let's start with your story. You have a fascinating background. Um, I'm super intrigued about your story of growing up on the mission field and your parents involved in church work. Um, Tell us your story and how you ended up where you are and and kind of what birthed uh, the work that you're doing now.
2: Well, thank you so much for that question. My dad and mom pastored a church for many years, uh, one of them in uh, Norway, uh, they were missionaries overseas, and then they later pastored uh, in Fort Bend County in Texas. And wow. um, growing up a pastor's kid and missionary kid, uh, I understood very well that uh, you know life was hard because people were always watching you. Um, right. Much like politics today, when you're uh, you step out and put your neck out on the line, you're in the limelight, and people are watching you. So learned that from an early age. My dad um, always talked about the importance of politics. Uh, growing up. And so uh, idolized my dad. And later on, I uh, got a degree in government from the University of Texas. Uh, but there was a transition between my junior and senior year where I wasn't living for the Lord, even though I was a conservative. Um, and my senior year of college, I, I changed. Um, I, I completely did a 180, surrendered my life to Christ and mm. thought for a season that I was no longer going to go into politics And was going to be like my dad and be a pastor because I I felt that that was more altruistic and more honorable. Well, you know, it was a season that I went through. Uh, My dad talked to me and said, you know, if you still want to go into ministry later, then do that. But I had this opportunity to go to grad school and get it all paid for uh, working for the college, uh, working for the speech team and teaching online. And so I did that instead. And I took some ministry courses um, and, but still wrestled with this notion that maybe I would go into ministry or politics uh, later on, but, uh, the doors were opening in politics and what really gave me peace was watching this movie called amazing grace, amazing grace. Yeah. It features William Wilberforce yeah. and he's in the late uh, 1700s becomes an evangelical Christian at the age of 21, had been in the British parliament for five years. And he talked to his pastor with the same predicament, you know, wanting to go into ministry and the pastor convinced him that you can make a bigger difference in politics. And so what ended up happening was, um, that isn't true for everybody, but for his case in particular, he used his life the next 50 years to abolish the British slave trade. It was tremendously used by God. And uh, from that point on, I really started to see the opportunity to do ministry in politics. And last thing I'll say on this front is getting to travel with Ted Cruz's father, Rafael Cruz, uh, who I consider my yeah. mentor in politics and ministry, um, you know that experience traveling with him to churches and different groups around the country uh, really helped me connect my faith and my politics. and my background, teaching at the college for almost a decade now, as well as um, doing college ministries there, and having worked for different you know elected leaders, and later running myself. Texas Youth Summit is what I founded four years ago, and it connects education, politics, and ministry, and it's what I love so much. So thank you for letting me share about it.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Um, When you talk
1: about the connection, go ahead, Chad.
3: No, no, go ahead and finish.
1: I I was going to say, with the the connection, um, and, and I agree that there's a connection between faith and politics, and there's a reason that People of faith, generally speaking, at least in the past, as some of that's changing, but in the past have had a uh, conservative political bent. Um, there there seems to be almost a disintegration of this idea of the connection between faith and politics now. Um, Even churches are moving further away from a connection between faith and politics. How do you deal with that, particularly as you're talking to young people, that there should be a connection between what you believe about God, your theology, and what you believe about how the world around us should be run and administrated?
2: Well, it's so important not to be a nominal Christian, and you're not a Christian by inheritance because you're brought up in a Baptist church in uh, Texas in the Bible Belt. No, you're a Christian because you surrender your life to Christ and you live in a countercultural way where you follow what the Bible says. And it's not just a matter of reading it here and there, but living by it. Because if you don't change when you read it, then you really aren't who you say you are. Um, And that's the point is we want to to reach our generation. And there's so many great men that I've learned from before me. And uh, my generation thinks that they know so much because they have a cell phone and they can look things up. But there are things that you can't learn from Google that you can only learn from wise men who you stand on their shoulders. And one of those is my dad, who I'm very close with. But like I said, Rafael Cruz. And, you know, some of those folks with gray hair, they know what they're talking about. And um, you know, one of those men that I look up to, that I've had the the blessing to talk to on a number of occasions, is Pastor Ed Young in Houston, Texas, who recently gave his sermon about these woke pastors who basically have uh, you know given in to this radical leftist ideology, mm. and that's why we have the terrible crime problem in, in uh, Harris County and in Houston. And he talks about the church becoming awake recognizing their duty to stand up and be salt and light to affect the culture. Uh, we shouldn't put our heads in the sand as Christians and be quiet and be still and and just let everything happen around us. Because if we're truly going to be change agents, catalysts for Christ and, and to be able to affect this world, then we have to go out and affect culture. We have to speak truth and yeah. a yeah. The culture and when people are saying that there are multiple genders, we have to say no, there's two man yeah. and woman. Yeah. So we've got we've got to stand up for, for these issues that are so important, especially the socially conservative ones.
3: Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now.
0: 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Yep. Yeah.
1: You have heard and seen most of the truth behind the events of January 6th. And now you can visit Washington, D.C. on September 24th and join J6 Solidarity and their peaceful and patriotic event that will expose the entire truth of January 6th at our nation's capital, and not just what mainstream media has lied about. Join J6 Solidarity and their well-known guest speakers to discuss the wrongful arrest and incarceration of all the January 6th patriots. Hear what speakers like Salem Media's Dinesh D'Souza, Newsmax's Johnny Tobacco, Joe Altman. The host of conservative daily podcast, Professor David Clements, and many more have to say. This peaceful event will take place on September 24th in Washington, D.C., next to the Federal District Court. For all the details, go to our new website, the letter J, the number 6, solid.com. That's J6Solid.com. Don't have your head in the sand. Learn the truth. Go to J6Solid.com now. Thank you for your time, your patriotic loyalty, and as always, God bless America.
3: I was going to yeah. ask pretty much the same question as Jeremy. We were uh, thinking the same thing, but uh, I'll continue, I will I want to continue on a little bit with, with Jeremy's question, which, which is a continuation of that. Uh, I think many pastors and Christians have believed this uh, or, or been intimidated by the left to say that they can't speak freely from inside of a church, from the pulpit about yeah. political issues. And, uh, and, and pretty much have been intimidated with this term, church, the separation of church and state. And, and they're using it in a way that it was never intended to be used and intimidate Christians and pastors from feeling like they're forbidden uh, from speaking uh, from a position of Christianity, from speaking from the pulpit on important issues uh, in politics, such as you know, the right for life and things like that, uh, or, or gay marriage and different things that uh, they feel like the church should not have a voice in. And uh, so can you talk about a little bit on what the separation of church and state means, where are the lines, uh, can Christians and pastors from a pulpit speak about, you know, such things that are considered political?
2: You're, you're, you've got a great question. Pastors can absolutely speak to political issues. Uh, the Johnson Amendment was created to keep pastors from being involved in the political process Uh, But it really has no teeth. It hasn't been acted on ever. And the facts of the matter is the left, their preachers, so-called preachers, uh, they say whatever they want. They, you know, usher people to the voting booths. But our side, oftentimes we just sit quiet and do nothing and let everything happen around us. And and that's why we've had the generation of our society, of the family unit and so many other important issues that God cares deeply about. And so... Um, when we think about this notion of the separation of church and state, that that isn't from the Supreme Court. Uh, That was actually, this idea was a letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptist Church, and it was to protect the church from the state. It wasn't to protect um, the state from having Christians involved in the political process, because as you probably know, Chad, 29 of the 56 framers of the Constitution were seminary graduates. These men uh, all of them, even the so-called deists, Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin, they all prayed together and they all came before God. And there, this Constitution that we have here in the United States was forged on the knees of the framers. And our country was built on prayer. It's, it's the reason why the dollar bill says, in God we trust. Um, it's the reason why we pledge allegiance under God, because we believe that God has given us this land. And that's why we believe it's exceptional. And Ronald Reagan rightly referred to America as that shining city on a hill to the glory of God. Mm. And that's um, referencing the scripture uh, in Jerusalem because America is exceptional because it's been used by God not only to spread freedom and democracy throughout the world, but also the gospel has been uh, advanced because of the benevolence of people. Christians in this country that are seeing it uh, succeed around the world, they give and that's how it happens. And 70% of the mission's work worldwide is funded by the United States of America. And America has been blessed to be a blessing. The scripture says, to whom much is given, much is required. Our country needs to stand for these ideals as we always have and get back to our roots and our foundation. Yeah,
1: that's good. Christian, there are, um, there are a lot of studies that have been done around um, young adults— staying or leaving the local church. Um, and I, the numbers are different from one study to another. Barner recently did one. Um, very, very high numbers. Some would say as many as 70% of young people, when they become autonomous adults, so they can make their own decisions, leave the church they were raised in. Um, other studies say that 10 years later, many of them come back. But we're seeing, in, in a way, the church failing to prepare young people for the world that they live in. And that's not every church. That is, very broadly speaking, that's the church, not every local church. But when you talk to young people and pastors and Christian communities, what are some things that local churches, local church pastors, college ministry leaders, youth pastors, what are some things they could be doing to prepare young people, uh, not only from a Christian discipleship perspective, But from a get ready to go into a secular world perspective as they leave their parents home, what are some things they could be doing that they're not doing?
2: Well, let me tell you, one of the tools that influenced me was this camp called um, Summit Worldview Ministries. It's a great camp in Colorado, and it helps young people have a Christian worldview. Because we talked about this idea of being nominally Christian and just saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. I was Uh, brought into a Baptist home and I come from the Bible Belt. But no, you know, being a Christian affects how you view everything in life. It it, it reflects how you treat your husband or your wife. It reflects how you raise your kids. It it affects uh, what you believe about politics and how you spend your money and what you do with your time and how you understand uh, your place And America's place in the world. Having a Christian worldview means that it changes the way that you live. And so we started TexasYouthSummit.com is their website, TexasYouthSummit.com. So give a little um, plug there um, to educate young people on Judeo-Christian And conservative values that this country was founded on, so that they have the right principles that they can go forward and believe the right things when they go off to college, and their teachers are giving them antithetical ideas from their parents. They can come back at those teachers and say, Well, in a kind way, you know, I don't know if that's the right view that I believe, and here's why. You know, I, I remember being in college and I just politely disagreed with a professor that was saying that all republicans are racist or implying as such <laughs> and i said that's not what i'm seeing you know he wanted to paint uh republicans a certain way yeah. and we had a kind conversation after uh we disagreed publicly because there was a couple hundred people in that auditorium uh you know uh, in in his uh, back office and we formed a friendship and uh, he wrote me a letter of recommendation and that's one of the lessons i learned is that you can disagree with people in a kind way and stand up for what you believe in but you have to do it like ronald reagan referred to as a happy warrior with a smile on your face yeah. um yeah. there's a right and wrong way to um uh, you know disagree with people the wrong way is calling them names and attacking them uh the right way is 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 attacking their ideas uh without uh, belittling them And that's a hard thing to do sometimes And in the meme uh, culture where we want to make some jokes sometimes and have some fun. And I'm not perfect at it, but one thing I can say with absolute certainty is is that we should think about it in these terms. Like if you were sitting across the table from them, would you post that? Um, Well, then probably you shouldn't post that if uh, you were in front of them. So having a, a more kind dialogue, but firmly standing up for what you believe in and disagreeing with people. That's what we want to train young people to be able to do is change agents to be salt and light and to affect the culture. Yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah, you know,
3: uh, I, I think the what you've done with the Texas youth summit and the events you do is uh, not only incredible, but it's essential to our country right now. Uh, particularly with the, the youth of our country being targeted by Marxists and uh, and, and, and uh, socialists that are, are lying to our, our youth and, and Using them as uh, pawns to vote and just indoctrinating them, and, and indoctrinating them in our, in our universities, and uh, so what you're doing is so important. And uh, and, I, and I'm speaking. Uh, thank you for the invitation. By the way, I'll be speaking on September 16th and 17th. We're honored to have September you. 17th at a uh, at the Texas Youth Summit in the Woodlands, Texas. And so if you if you're listening and you want to go, uh, especially if you're a youth, and want to go uh, go to the website uh, TexasYouth.org. Right.
2: Right. Texas youth com, Texas youth com, yeah.
3: And, uh, and get registered. But, um, look, I, I, re- I signed up to speak for this event with you and, uh, I promoted it out there and I have been getting so much hate mail and, and seeing the comments on a social post that are so aggressive against, uh, hosting this event saying that, you know, we're participating in the indoctrination of our youth that we're, uh, that we're grooming Nazism, I'm like, anytime, first of all, anytime I'm involved in something like that and they get those attacks, I feel like I'm on the right team because uh, they're (laughs) so aggressive against it. Like, what are they, what are they scared of? What, what don't they want these kids to know? Uh, As we're just people that are up there speaking truth. I look at the lineup myself and I'm like, man, who is on there that they are so mad about? And, uh, and these are just people that speak truth. And uh, they hate it, and I'm sure some of those are a lot of those are bots, uh, because you know uh, they're not able to uh, get enough people to, that would respond to something like that. Man, it is crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Chad, I, you know, I, I, what, you have a great story, and we want to invite people with great stories. And um, you know, you, your work as um, helping our veterans and, and traveling overseas to do these rescue missions to help so many people. Uh, to being an MMA fighter um, and champion and and to being a veteran yourself. And I, we just love to celebrate strong men who are Christian. And um, we need to celebrate traditional masculinity because I think there are a lot of young boys um, that need to be told that it's okay to be masculine. And yeah. you're not a, to- it's not toxic masculinity to be yeah. masculine. You can still be sensitive. Uh, the Bible talks about if you're mean to your wife in the butt, you know, uh, God will not hear your prayers. And so um, we don't mean to say that, you know, you don't be sensitive in some ways too. Um, you know, and you don't uh, apologize when you've done wrong or you don't be kind. But we love the fact that you've done so many great things and you're tough and you're and you're a fighter and, um, and you know, you're masculine. And we need our young boys to be able to see uh, people like you and look up to you, and so that's what we want: is is people that will come and share their stories and inspire young people to be the very best that they can be. Because uh, we have to save our country, and the way that we do that is with the minds of our youth. Yeah. Where do you
3: think the uh, the hatred and the attacks come from? What, what do you think? Who, who is it? What's the motivating factor? I mean, I have my you know uh, ideas, but what what do you think they come from?
2: Well, when we get into uh, some of the issues that uh, our speakers are fighting for in politics, if you notice, I mean, I I, I ran for Congress and a lot of the people that, you know, supported me and and that I'm more ideologically aligned with are speaking at this conference. And you have uh, very tough people like Troy Nails, uh, who is a sheriff um, from Fort Bend counties. He's also a veteran. He endorsed me when I ran for Congress, and uh, he is very... America first and supportive of President Trump, and and people don't like people like him because he's tough. He says it like it is, and he he just doesn't care if you are offended because he's going to do it. What he, he's going to do, what's right. Uh, same with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, she loves uh, this country so much, and she's taken so much hate. Uh, but I just appreciate her spirit uh, to stand up for what's right, to stand up for truth, um, and she's been belittled by not just the left, but by establishment Republicans ever since she got to Congress. And they tried to cheat and keep her from getting into Congress, but she stood with the people and she did what was right. And uh, we love people like those uh, that I just mentioned, those members of Congress that endorsed me when I ran for Congress. So, of course, those are the kinds of people uh, that I'm aligned with, and uh, they're going to do what's right, and they're going to stand for the America First uh, policies and uh, one of our friends, Commissioner Jack Brewer works for the America First Policy Institute and uh, we want to advance that type of conservatism uh, throughout um, you know our community and throughout the country. We want to see the policies of President Trump um, go forward. And, and you know we aren't an innately political organization, uh, but we do believe in certain uh, ideas about uh, the border. We want to secure our border. At all costs, and uh, I've been very firm on my stance on securing our border, finishing the wall, and stopping illegal immigration. Uh, we want to make sure that we aren't entangled in all of these endless wars, and so um, we want to make sure that our, our veterans are taken care of, and and we take we, we take care of the boots and not just the suits who are are sending people um, mm. that in places that they don't. Uh, understand and shouldn't be sending them to. And so these types of philosophies uh, by former President Trump is, is what the America First Policy Institute believes. And, and that's the type of conservatism we want our young people to understand.
1: Pillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bedsheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they are all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-870-0283. Use the promo code SITREP or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code SITREP. Christian, what is your sense around, um, we'll say young people. I don't know how you classify that exactly, but uh, around young people politically right now, there are attacks. If you are a young person on a college campus that's conservative, um you're going to have to deal with a lot of the liberalism and a lot of the other things that are happening there. Um, What's your sense? Are are young people encouraged? Are they motivated? Are they um, backing down? Are they stepping up? What's happening with young people? And I know you're in Texas, which is, you know, maybe a little bit different than, say, the young people in California. But I will tell you, my daughter goes to a, a private college in Orange County. And the uh, Republican club that's there that she's a part of is very influential yeah. on campus and has been even through the COVID stuff. So I think this is happening everywhere. But, but what's your sense of where young people are right now?
2: You know, with uh, coming out of the pandemic and with COVID, and um, there was a lot of people that I, I think got tied, caught up in the in the George Floyd situation. Uh, You know, they wanted to be a part of something. They wanted to stand up for justice, Um, even if they were being manipulated by Black Lives Matter, Inc. um, They Mm -hmm. were wanting to make a difference. They want to stand up for justice. And uh, that's a great attribute, I think, of our young people. They want Mm -hmm. to be involved in something where they can make a difference, where their lives can mean something. I think that's that's in the heart of most young people. And we want to teach them why our country is great and show them ways where they can make contributions in their community, Um, whether it be community service, working with our food banks and helping hungry people. It could be volunteering at your church and in being a greeter or uh, cleaning up after the service is over, just doing everything that they can to get people to come so that people can know Jesus. Uh, These types of things, I think, are tremendously helpful, um, helping with the homeless community, uh, you know, in your uh, area. These ways, I think, will help uh, young people find purpose and and meaning out of life uh, because, you know, looking at a cell phone all day and uh, playing video games online uh, and not interacting with actual people and instead just resorting to doing that on social media Um, You know, these things are, I think, are detrimental, uh, you know, doing too much of those things. I I think it's important you have a a cell phone Sabbath where you put your phone down and actually uh, get out and go out and do things and and, and be involved in in good causes and go see the world. And so, um, you know, I don't necessarily uh, have all the answers, uh, Jeremy, but what I can say is that when parents are involved in their children's lives, and maybe they have just dinner for an hour a day where they put their cell phones down and they have candid conversations with their kids like, hey, what are you learning at school? You know, right. Um, what is your teacher telling you? And, and maybe finding out if the teacher's keeping any secrets with mm-hmm. the child from the parents. Yep. Those things are important, especially in this day and age. Um, you know, we want to make sure that our kids are growing up in the right ways and, and having those conversations that, you know, what, what's going on in your life, who are you friends with, what types of games are you playing? Uh, who is trying to reach out to you on your phone or on social media? Um, you know, especially with younger children and these types of things are critically important and, uh, will, will produce a, a stronger, uh, better, uh, family unit and culture ultimately.
1: That's good. Yeah. yeah.
3: Christian, what are some things that, uh, you know, I, obviously you, you're making great strides with the Texas Youth Summit. Uh, what are some things that people could do at an individual level uh, from parents to just people who have the same concerns that you and I have? What are some things that people could be doing to help steer our youth in the right direction and not not be adversarial toward them, right? I, I mean, I, I know myself, like I'm so passionate about some of these things. I want to like grab – people by the shoulders and be like, look, you're being, you're being hoodwinked. Like, let me show you what's really happening. What is the right way? What are some things that people could do?
2: You know, um, there's so many different ways that we can make a difference with young people. Um, you know, like I talked about volunteering at church, um, you know, working with good nonprofit organizations, um, and becoming a big brother, uh, to someone that maybe doesn't have a father, um, you know, treating your own children with the type of intentionality as, as we do, uh, our careers, uh, because oftentimes, you know, uh, as, as, uh, as men, we want to invest everything that we possibly can in our careers, um, you know, because we're doing it for our families, but actually, you know, what really counts, I think is the more time that we spend with our families intentionally, I think, uh, really will make a difference. And so, um, doing everything that you possibly can and, 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 Finding people that you can mentor, maybe there's a program at church where you can disciple someone um, or you can be discipled by someone and and learning from people that are, you know, that are wiser than you ultimately is the best approach. And maybe we teach uh, some of these young people some principles that, uh, you know, it's sacrifice now, it's self-denial, you know, and, and then there's rewards for that later. Um, you know, there's got to be boundaries that we have in our lives that we don't cross these certain boundary lines, because if we do, there's going to be trouble for us. And it's not mm-hmm. to say that God um, cannot redeem us when we make mistakes, but there are always consequences. Um, and uh, we need to make sure um, that we're doing what's right early on in our lives, because uh, as we do what's right now, and we are faithful in the little things, God will bless us with much. And so, um, you know, just learning the self-disciplines in life to, you know, not procrastinate or you know, not indulge in certain things, and that's what we can learn from people that are wiser than us. Because there's two ways to learn, actually, uh, Chad. There's you know, you can learn from your own personal experience, which I think is when you're making mistakes the worst way to learn. Uh, but the best way to learn is from somebody else's mistakes. And when you can learn from others in that way, what not to do and what to do um then that's uh i think a better way to learn because it'll it'll keep you from heartache (laughs) so um you know having that intentionality with discipleship and mentorship uh, with someone and it's two ways you you accept it from someone and you give it to someone and uh you know in in the age of college we've sort of gotten away from trade school and the apprenticeship but it it isn't just in personal development but also in career and job Um, we need good plumbers uh, just like we need good lawyers. Uh, we need good uh, electricians, just like we need good engineers. Um, we need, uh, you know, people that are going to produce a strong society. Um, and we need some of these jobs to be taken care of. And they can only learn it by learning under somebody that knows how to do it. No, that's good. Yeah, I,
3: know, I know one of your speakers, or Charlie Kirk, talks a lot about the, uh, the scam of, of universities and how uh, so many of our youth are just, you know, and we as parents, you know, pushing our children. to That's the only option to go to universities. Uh, not even teaching the first lesson in economics that you have to have an ROI. If you're spending two hundred thousand dollars on the education and make forty five thousand dollars a year. It's not a good, uh, not a good education, uh, not a good, uh, you know, first step in learning. So, you know, uh, I, I agree with you, man. We, we have. I mean, I'm not against college, uh, but if you're going to go to college, go for a purpose. Uh, right now you'll just go and rack up $200,000 in debt, uh, just because you want a degree. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with trade schools, you know, a police academy, a fire academy, uh, becoming a plumber or electrician. These are good honorable trades that pay that in fact make, make uh, great incomes.
2: So, Right.
1: Yeah. Right. That's good. Christian, um, you're doing a lot of good work and you're getting a lot of pushback. It doesn't seem to bother you that much. But what would you say is, you know, as we kind of kind of bring all of this together, what would you say is, is your kind of personal mantra or motivating factor, the thing that causes you to get up every day and go, I'm going to keep doing this, I'm going to keep pushing forward, I'm going to keep making this happen? Uh, what drives you or pulls you or whatever, whatever direction you're being led? Um, what keeps you going every day?
2: You know, there, deep inside my heart, there's a desire to make a difference. Um, and uh, if I, I know I ran for Congress uh, this past cycle and um, but this event really is not about me. It's about those young people. And if they can you know, come to know uh, Jesus and we celebrate America and they get excited about our country and our great state. Um, you know, that's a wonderful thing to me. That's a, that's a victory. We want lives to be changed. We want addictions to be broken. We want uh, people uh, to find their purpose and their calling so that they mm-hmm. can live lives uh, of service that I think will ultimately bring meaning to their lives because um, materialistic things, uh, I mean, it, it ultimately will not fulfill us. Um, you know, having everything that we could possibly want at our disposal. We may think we want those things, a better car, a bigger house, but the reality is um, family is what truly matters. Having a relationship with God first and foremost, that matters. And living your life uh, and finding your calling in such a way where you can glorify him. And it doesn't just have to be as a pastor, but using your time and your energy, ringing it out for the glory of God and sharing Jesus with as much, uh, Uh, people as as possible, Uh, whether you have a nonprofit program working with veterans, whether you're on a um, radio or podcast or TV channel, um, whether you're a doctor or whether you're uh, a plumber or whatever you do, uh, we need to use our time, efforts, and energy uh, to have these conversations with people where we're sharing Jesus. And um, I think as America continues to be strong, I would argue that that is a good thing for the advancement of the gospel. Um, and I'm going to do everything that I can to fight for this country and continue to lift up Jesus. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Uh, Christian, where can people again, give us the website for the uh, youth summit, but also any personal contacts where people can follow you. Um, I know you wrote a, a devotional, um, where can they get your book? Where can they learn about you? Where can they support the work that you're doing?
2: Thank you so much for that question, Jeremy. Um, We have our Texas Youth Summit September 16th and 17th. Uh, It's usually uh, covered by Right Side Broadcasting Network. We're grateful for the good work that they do. Uh, It's at Grace Woodlands um, in the Woodlands, Texas. Uh, We have some great speakers from Candace Owens to Kaylee McEnany to Senator Ted Cruz, our great Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, We have uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Lauren Boebert. And Matt Gates, amazing members of Congress that we're welcoming into our community. Uh, two great members uh, from the Texas delegation in Congress, uh, Troy Nails and Lance Gooden. Um, we had uh, Chad Robichaux and Jack Brewer um, and so many others uh, from D.C. Drano uh, to Ali oh, Beth Stuckey. Well, Alibeth Beth, yeah. I think, really speaks well to uh, young ladies uh, who need uh, to find their confidence and self-worth in Christ and yep. um, everything that she says, I think is countercultural. So it's beautiful. Um, we need to be able to educate young people with these types of values. And uh, we make this conference free. So if you want to support what we're doing, you can do so at Texas youth com and sponsor us. You don't have to come to sponsor us, but if you'd like to come, come buy a ticket. Uh, we're doing great things. And, uh, We'll continue to do this event uh, in other places as well. I have another one, October 22nd. We're doing it down there in South Texas with Congresswoman Myra Flores, and we're bringing in Kaylee McEnany and a, a wide array of others. Um, and so awesome. uh, with the money that we raised for this event, we're gonna do it in South Texas. We wanna to continue to make a difference uh, throughout the great state of Texas and, and who knows elsewhere. So um, we're excited about what we're doing. Um, so you asked about my contact information, uh, Twitter, Collins for Texas. Uh, that's the handle. And uh, Instagram, it's uh, Christian Collins TX, And uh, you can check out my book, which is on my website, ChristianCollins.org. ChristianCollins.org. So would awesome. love to have uh, your support in any way that you're able to give it. And uh, we're going to continue to work hard to reach uh, young minds here in Texas.
1: Beautiful. Christian, that's awesome. Thank Thank you you so
2: much. Really, really appreciate your time. Well, I really appreciate you having me on, Jeremy, and I'll see you uh, soon. Many of our veterans feel they
1: need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at Mighty MightyOaksPrograms.org. I appreciate the work of folks like Christian. Uh, people who see what's happening in our country understand just how valuable the ideals that built our nation really are, how those sustained values, if we can hang on to them, really do benefit the rest of the world. And then coming back to an understanding of faith and relationship with God, how maintaining the United States as it was intended gives us the opportunity to communicate faith, to communicate the gospel to those in other nations. What an important conversation. I hope that you will go and check out the Texas Youth Summit, check out Christian and the work that he's doing. That would be Fantastic. If you are listening and have not yet subscribed to this podcast, and if you've listened all the way through to this point, you may have heard me say this before because I say it every single episode. Subscribe. You need to hit that subscription button. Or whatever it is on your platform of choice, Uh, you're listening right now. Make sure you're subscribed. That lets you know when this and other content from The Situation Report goes live. We wanna make sure you have that as often and as soon as possible. Um, In addition to that, leave us a rating if you would. That helps the show. And then take some time, go over to YouTube. You can find our YouTube channel, The Situation Report. Uh, Great content there as well that we would love to include you on. Subscribe, hit that notification bell, leave us a comment. That would be fantastic. Again, thank you for watching. If you are watching, thank you for listening and look forward to talking to you next time.